There is a vast multiverse of possibilities, an infinity of worlds within an endless ocean of aether. Few know that there is anything beyond the confines of their limited world. Even fewer have ever traversed beyond the walls of everything they have ever known. To those that have made the perilous journey, they have found each new plane to be another revelation of the beauty of a boundless multiverse. Planeswalkers are those rare few among legends. They are able to travel unassisted between the multiverse. One in a million is born with the spark to become a planeswalker. A bare few ever realize their potential, putting them in an elite and powerful group of friends and enemies. The potential of a planeswalker is infinite freedom and infinite possibility. Hi, I'm Will. I'm the show's producer, and I play Llewellyn Coyden, the half-dryad swashbuckler. Hello, I'm Kimbra, and I play Nymphia of the Vervain, the elvish druid. Hey there, I'm Katie, and I'm playing Cecilia Crane, the human sorcerer. Hi, I'm Keon. I'll be playing Irshaya Jalan, the Aetherborn warlock. Hi, I'm Dan. I'll be playing the Dungeon Master. Welcome to the Plane Shift Podcast, a live play D&D campaign where we play as four planeswalkers, newly awakened and taking our first tentative steps into the varied facets of the multiverse. What will we find in these new worlds? Hope? Despair? Reward or loss? Doubtless all of that and more. Join us as we find out. So everyone kind of briefly gets the feeling that a whiff of magical energy kind of passes by. Uh, Nemok especially seemed interested in uh, moving close towards what looked originally just like a blank wall. And not before too long, Nemok presses his hands up against it and seems almost to be pushing against the wall itself before, to his own surprise, kind of tripping and falling through. Well... Good news, bad news. Good news, still more treasure. Bad news, a lot more area to look through. Shit. <laughs> well, shit. Alright, so where should we get started on all of this? I would say in this room that appeared to have been disguised with an illusion. Makes sense to me. Um, investigation check? Oh, most certainly. Uh, so that is 18. Uh, so you, as you start to look around throughout this room, it is almost twice as large as the room you were just in before. The walls seem to almost reach up to what would be about, or what you could assume to be about street level, and there are actually staircases leading up to a variety of different walkways uh, around the room itself. Towering piles of gold, uh, seemingly very well organized, uh, look in different directions, and would almost seem like banners, uh, along with a small raised catwalk uh, above this, uh, lead out in different directions. There's what looks almost like a signpost sitting near one of the, uh, starts to one of these catwalks, uh, in a language you don't entirely recognize, but, uh, it just seems to be some kind of different script. You could probably make it out if you try. What am I rolling? You know, I'm gonna do straight up, just straight intelligence really quick. Alright. Uh, no. Four. What the f*** are these squiggly lines? <laughs> <laughs> squiggly! <laughs> Alright, uh, 
Is Shia? If you'd like, you can take a shot. You can take a crack at this. You've taken definitely gander. seen some more fancy writing before. This would probably be a good way to do that. All right. Although, knowing your history and uh, specifically the plane you come from, you can do this with advantage. Okay. So, is anybody else uh, looking around there? Okay, 12. It, you, you, you can make it out with not too much difficulty. Gold, rubies, gems, golems, and lastly, treasures listed all the way at the end here. Uh, so, yes, guys, there's a bunch of rubies, golems, treasures, etc. Wait, rubies, golems? Uh, don't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> it, it quite literally is labeled golems. I kind of like the sound of treasure. You guys want to go? I do keep your wits about you. This looks like it seriously is an Orzov treasury, and I'm more concerned about it. How do we want to do this? Are we going to all go together, or should we try and fan out? I mean, covering more areas. We are in a giant Orzov vault. Sure, I'll fan out by myself. <laughs> Never split the party. I've already decided. Split the party. <laughs> split the party. <laughs> How about we... I mean, the last time we split the party, we spent like 30 minutes talking about talking straight to bats. First yeah. name split, last name the party. Let's <laughs> okay. go. All right, all right. All right. It's true. We should probably just do it together, honestly. Yeah. All right. We get distracted. Before before we split, what? we should probably at Sorry, least take a look for them. <laughs> no, we're not going to split. We're not splitting. Let's, let's at least try to get to this treasures. Meemok, we're not splitting. Fine. Okay. Meemok, you can so split. Well, with, you without then. too much difficulty, <laughs> as these catwalks are, uh, are pretty durable catwalks, uh, you make all the way following the signs to what is labeled treasury. Mm. And leading to there is We're in the some... Department of State somewhere here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and leading up to it, you notice a couple of different suits of armor, each on each side. Some look very old, maybe a couple hundred years to a thousand years, and other ones seem pretty modern, in fact, before leading to a large vault-like door. A large wheel stands on the outside. It seems solid metal. Mimak kind of looks at it for a moment before going, Well... It's most certainly locked. Bright side, it doesn't seem to have any security measures to trying to pick it from what I can see. Who wants to take a crack at it? Can I just start trying to melt it? Would you like to? Maybe. I guess not. Lulan <laughs> had the doors before. He's going to go after this one. All right. Uh, so investigation first, I presume? Yeah. You can investigate the crap out of this thing, man. Yeah. Uh, it's a 10 to investigate the door. It's a solid fucking door. You and your time as a pirate have had some pretty lucrative things, including uh, raiding a treasury ship uh, that was moving from one kingdom to another, where you managed to break into a vault such as this. This one looks like it might be a little bit more difficult. I mean, you could certainly try and get another lay of it, but it's not going to be easy for the moment. Well, he's going to take an effort at picking the locks. All right. Really so, take a stab at it. So that is 17... Plus my proficiency, uh, 20, plus my dexterity, 24. All right, so you, after a substantial amount of time, mm -hmm. uh, you finally get a very satisfying feeling before you turn to Demphia and, and just kind of nod at her to try the, uh, the large wheel itself. So as you kind of crank <laughs> and turn this wheel, uh, you hear... The bolts and mechanisms within the door move before finally, almost under the weight of the door, it starts to slowly swing open on its own. Uh, as you 
get a chance to look at the, the side of the door and specifically the rear of the vault of the door, uh, you notice that there were a good number of what looked like magical wards and different ruins and tr- things that seemed to be integrated with them. Some of them matching the designs that were on the uh, armors sitting outside. Inside the vault, however, is a completely different aesthetic, where before it was kind of uh, a sand-colored marble uh, along with some golds and velvets. This is very clearly a black floor, dark walls, lit brightly from small what look like orbs glowing from above, but a very different aesthetic in here. Inside are a number of different pillars with different sort of treasures or things. There's scrolls, books, uh, some things look like maces and swords, others seem to be emblems and masks. And on the very far side is what looks like an iron grid cage. Inside are a couple of different items, but they seem almost blurred from your view for the moment. My kind of room. All right. <laughs> My detect magic is probably still up. Anything uh-huh. specifically glowing? Your roll, roll arcana really quick. Okay. Fourteen. All right, that's, that's high enough. You, although your detect magic is up, uh, you can't really seem to see anything inside of here before mm. you look around almost towards the entrance of it and realize that there is a, a very powerful anti-magic field only within the confines of this room. Someone has purposefully put something here to deter magic of any sorts. My detect magic is not working here. There must be some sort of anti-magic field present. That means that I should probably not be the one to go inside it. Anti-magic fields and I uh, tend to leave me blinded. You're sure I probably shouldn't either. I'm just literally magic. Yeah, you I am magic! <laughs> you are the least magical, Eileen. You want to go ahead? Wow, rude. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, hey, he's got magic here. Uh, yeah, Nolan and Fia and Cecilia are probably the only ones who could safely go into that area. Just, just for safekeeping, let's leave any magical items we might have out here for the moment. Uh, but then I have to take off my shoes. Nimok presents you with a rather sturdy-looking pair of brown leather boots uh, that seem a little bit big for you, but not too much of it to be uncomfortable. I hope these can suffice. Short notice, and I only carry around one extra pair of shoes on me. I guess they'll do. He'll swap out the shoes and head in to check this place out. Oh, and he hands out the he hands back the sphere filled with platinum coins. That would have been a very bad thing to walk in there with. And he'll head in magic itemless. All right. So uh, Nymphia, if you're going in as well, uh, so as you take your uh, cloak and mana ray off, your uh, little companion nestles into the hood, almost protectingly, like looking over it and the other things that you had on you. Uh, Cecilia. Uh, see, like at first. She was on board with it, but then... No. She's got to stand and watch? Yeah. She's going to give moral support. Yeah, she, I, she, she's stolen enough stuff that she doesn't want to have her shit stolen. Alright. Just in case! You can never be certain. So, as the two of you, who are now magical itemless, step into the inside of this vault, what previously was a door behind you seems to almost appear and change into an entirely black wall with a thin silver outline 
uh, where the door frame itself would have been, but you can't see back. You know, the room's going to push his hand through the... It goes through, and you hear kind of a, an audible, ah, as you have just pushed your hand into Nemox's face. What do you see in there? I uh, give him a thumbs up and then pull my hand back in and tell him nothing. Flip him off. Because <laughs> you didn't describe anything yet. <laughs> as you've stepped into this room, there are a good number of things on pedestals and things that just seem to be floating on their own. The walls themselves now seem almost entirely black, like you're just standing in a void, although there's very clearly a floor and walls. And somehow light's coming from above, although you're not quite sure where from. Uh, a couple of the items uh, seem to have self-describing tags on them. Other ones have little plaques floating in front, describing what they are. Is it in that same language I couldn't deduce? A little bit, but these are a little bit more nicely written. You, you can try again if you'd like. Straight intelligence? Check? Straight intelligence. Uh, no, nine. That's, <sighs> that's, that's high enough. Okay. So as you're passing through, some of them uh, seem to be historical things, like uh, the First Council's Grievance Book. Uh, another one seems to be, uh, it's called the Great Book of Debtors. Or Zwana's Mask, another one sitting there. A thin, long tapestry reads uh, The Draw of Bob. And you almost... <laughs> Is it a burger? No. <laughs> if only. No, no. In, instead, at the beginning of your upkeep, you draw a card and you lose one life. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, as you go through uh, approaching this iron grid, you can very clearly see that there is something blurring directly from your vision, no matter how you look at it, the items that are hidden behind here. You can't see particularly what anything is in there, just that there is something behind these iron bars. Uh, a thin metal gate seems to close in on, and this one happens to be padlocked. Well, let's pick this lock. Uh, as you reach... For the lock itself, it seems to jump out of your hand as you try to grab it. Now stop that! <laughs> You'll get right back here! Adam Thea, are you looking at anything particular in there? I mean, there are a couple of rather interesting things to you. There's what looks like a small potted plant kind of floating there. <gasps> what? Although a plant? It, it looks more like a bonsai tree, really. <gasps> I'm interested in that, for sure. Alright, uh, you can go over. There's a little placard attached to the pot itself, mm -hmm. if you want to read it. Yes, I do. It's labeled almost kind of cryptically the first seed. Hmm. Can, can I take it? You can try. Can I try to take it? Go right ahead. What kind of roll is that? Or just, just I'm just going to reach yeah, out. Yeah, you're just going to reach out I'm and like, grab the thing. You are mine, potted plant. Right. The, the pillar that was beneath it seemingly just disappears without a trace. Oh. And the... I was worried this was going to be Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh no! Right. <laughs> I should have had a sandbag. Giant right? boulder. <laughs> not, not quite. Bye. And it seems everything else in the room itself seems to, to change and shift slightly to compensate for this now vacant space that everything is shifted over and it almost appears like the space hadn't been empty before. Uh, as you're holding it, do me a favor. Do a charisma saving throw really quick. Oh great! <clears throat> I am not good at that. <laughs> Six. You hear in an almost shallow whisper in the back of your mind, Water me. Help me. Feed me. Oh <laughs> Moisturize me. <laughs> All right. So does that mean I'm, like, compelled to do just that? You're 
you're not compelled, but you can certainly hear this thing begging to be watered and taken care of. It wants to see the light. I will remind you all of it. Nymphia, if the plant tells her that it needs water, she is about to do whatever she can to give that plant water. You, alright. So as you... That's kind of a dick. I failed my charisma check here. You remember, you're in the middle of an anti-magic field. Mm. Magic here is probably not going to do too well. Oh, right. Uh, so, for the moment, it might just be best to hold on to the plant to okay. whatever you can out of there. You don't have, like, a flask or anything? Or? Does she have a flask of water on her? No. No. So I'm just gonna, like, put this plant under my arm and just, like, chill with it until I'm able to give it water. Alright. Just spit uh, on it. <laughs> back to the lock that seems to be jumping out of your hand. Quick, that's right, you Get back here so I can pick you properly. You can, uh, <laughs> you can do, roll a uh, sleight of hand. Alright. <laughs> Look at it. Critical success. Oh my god! Again? You. Yeah. You are critting like Boston. I know, right? What the hell? You. After a little bit of finicking uh, and seeing how it moves away from the direction your hand is, you fake it out with one hand before snagging it with the other one. Holding it tight, it tries to jump, but you have got a firm grip. That's right. So you can, you have sweat. <laughs> so now that you have a good grip on it, and you know that it can jump away, you're going to get the advantage uh, when you try to pick it. Okay. So that is a 16, so 19, 24, 23. 23. So as you're kind of fumbling around with this, uh, one of your lock prick one of your lock picks almost seems to break as you're working on it. As you pull it out, it looks almost as if it's been bitten. The rest of them seem to be in working order, and with a little bit of finagling, you get the thing to open. That'll teach you. <laughs> as you remove it from the iron gate itself, the lock that was previously in your hand just is outright gone. <laughs> All right. There's the still this iron, iron gate, and things behind it are fuzzy at best, but you can open it now at least. Uh, he's going to push it open with his cutlass since the end of his lockpicking tool was bitten off. As you swing this open, you're overcome with a sense of awe for a moment. As you look... <laughs> there are six... Are there golden retrievers inside? Aww. Are there puppies? It's a field of puppies! Oh my goodness! As you open this iron gate, six pillars stand before you. A couple of different objects sit on each one. Uh, a very intricate sword that seems to have two blades, one glowing white, the other one glowing red. Its handle curved and wicked, but somehow welcoming at the same time. Another one has an interesting, almost fitigree mask sitting there. It seems to change colors as you look at it. Sort of weaving and almost making itself I'll try to hide from sight but I can't seem to get the eerie blackness that surrounds it. Another object that sits there is very simply just a crown sitting on a velvet pillow. Four of the, uh, the gems that attach to the top of it look rather different though, almost as if they're holding something. Uh, what you didn't expect when you opened this was that two of the pillars would be empty that what you thought would be an empty space instead a man is occupying. This man, standing about five foot, dark black hair, uh, tan skin, black beard, uh, blue coat overwhelming him, 
seeming to hide his presence, his right hand extended towards what you very clearly see as the actual Morari. It's red and glowing almost. He stares at you, deadlocked in eyes for a second. Well, I wasn't expecting visitors. You know, honestly, neither was I, but, uh, here's where we are. Huh. Well, you're more than welcome to those, but I'm afraid that I'm taking these three. And he gestures to the Morari and what looks like a small glass globe and some kind of thin chain-like mesh that's draped over his arm. I mean, no hard feelings and all, but I can tell you're not from around here. No, 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 no hard feelings at all, but um, I have no problem with you taking those two. But uh, that one is the one I was here for. <sighs> so we got a bit of a problem here. We're going to cut you for that. <laughs> oh, such a shame. I know, I know, it really is, but... Um, we could have gotten along like pals. But well, right. we still can, you know, it's... <laughs> Unfortunately, no. See, I organized a lot of work to get my hands on the real one of these. Well, I did think we did. Well, oh, then have I got a relief for you? That's not the real one. Oh, I know, but it's the closest I can get to the real one. I'm not going to that hellhole. Oh. Oh. Did that did that ten-eyed idiot send you? Yes, and I love that. I'm keep, I'm using it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, ask him. Ask him to see all ten. It is great. You will get a look, the look on his face. But uh, I'm afraid. Oh, I don't know. I, I've certainly seen him run through the gamut of emotions <laughs> over these past two days. Oh. Did you see the parade? A par- uh, you mean you mean you the missed clanking. the parade? <laughs> you. He was the one who sent all those. No, no, we were the. I was the one who arranged that. Oh. <laughs> It was, the perfect it. <laughs> it was the perfect distraction. It was the perfect distraction. You organized. <laughs> I only had to kill three people getting in here. Well, that's, that's... Now, my suggestion is you just take what these three are right here and anything else you want. I'm so sorry, but this one is off the table. I'm well, going to no, need you to make right an dexterity saving throw really quick. All right. Thank you for my natural 20! Oh my god, oh my, god my luck holds! <laughs> you took out of the way as... Almost completely unseen, what looks like a massive metal claw swipes out from the bottom of his coat at you. You step back, and without so much as a fearing moment, grab onto originally the sword that was sitting on the pedestal. The uh, the white and red one? The white and red one. Oh, fun. As you pick <laughs> this up, a voice echoes through your head. It is both enraged and calm at the same time. There is one thing that seems... Alright, uh, do me... Uh, roll a, a wisdom saving throw really quick. Uh, 16. Okay. Roll now a charisma saving throw. Um, that is a 25. Okay. And then last but not least, intelligence saving throw. There's three of them. Critical for... fail. Oh, Critical yeah. fail. Yeah. <laughs> Where does the streak's over! Where that 20 go? Okay. Yeah. So... But seem like almost the same voice, but on two separate sides, kind of duck into your head, screaming at you. You very much know two things. The thing you hold in your hand is very powerful, it is very old, and it was forged by someone on, on the plane of Mirrodin. Okay. It both cries for two things, for peace and for war. And unfortunately, right now, it seems like war is winning. So, do me a favor. Uh, your next action, 
has to be an attack against this guy with the sword. All right. And that's because you critically failed. So uh, I'm assuming I have the next round. Oh, yes. Surprise. Well, he, he kind or of should this be surprise. roll initiative since he did a surprise attack? Uh, at this point, just make an outright attack and then we'll worry about initiative. Now, you see, that's not polite. That's bad cricket and I'm going to attack him. <laughs> All right. So roll. You will roll for you can either roll for strength or you can roll with charisma. As bizarre as that sounds. I'm rolling with charisma. All right. Uh, am I proficient in this at all? You would most certainly be proficient right, in this. so 24. 24? Yeah. It gets plus six. Oh, so then 30. Yes. <laughs> you <laughs> slash at him, and in a moment of surprise, he tries to dodge out of the way, but almost moves into it. As you strike him, he screams out in pain, dropping one of the other objects. Not the Marari, though. The... What looked like a thin chain blanket slumps to the ground as he cries out in pain and you feel yourself surging with power for a brief moment. You've gained mana somehow. (coughs) He's gonna, after taking the slice, gesticulate with the sword for a bit, get a feel for the balance, get a feel for like, oh my god, this is so amazingly light and at the same time it's got that, that good heft and you could feel the swings and like take right. a few practice swings as as you're kind of swinging flourish it. as you're mm-hmm. kind of swinging it around you realize that as you swing to the side it feels rather light but as you come down it's suddenly as if the thing has gained 40 pounds that's what it feels like mm-hmm. not only that but what seemed like two voices you can very clearly hear as one almost talking over each other both are saying the same thing but in different ways and it is very clearly saying fight so you can go ahead and roll initiative. Uh, Nymphia, are you kind of nearby watching this? Or are you still with the plant? I She'd mean, be on the other side of the gate. Would she be able to see any of this? It's uh, a plant, only so... through Only through the open gate. She can't see anything through those iron bars. The plant Nor can told she hear me, anything. The plant told me it needed water, so I feel like most of my, like 80% of my attention is going to be on that plant. So uh, as far as Nymphia knows, he's fine. Mm-hmm. And, my, <laughs> and my plant needs water. So you're going to leave the... You're going to leave this vault to go water this plant? So as far as Nymphia is concerned, the plant is top priority if she right. feels like... So you're just you're just going to leave this place, go outside to water the plant? Uh, yeah. All right. You go right ahead. You're leaving the vault. As you step out, uh, everyone's kind of there. Nimak is showing Cecilia uh, a game that he has picked up uh, that was rather popular in a place. Right. Backgammon? Hold Forward on. Forward gammon. Okay. No. <laughs> he is showing Cecilia how to play the game Gwent. Anyway, I'm 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 gonna be casting expression. She just (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna be casting create water for my poor little plant. Alright, as you step out though, the plant kinda you can hear it much louder in your head, like water, sunlight, soil, help, please. Oh my god, is this like a fiend Miss Seymour situation? (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Help me. Help me. I can't Please, help it, you can help it's me. It's a plant. And I feel my wisdom check. You can you can make another one now. I can that. make another one? You can make another one. Alright, let's see you what happens. You certainly can. Fifteen. Alright. You're not solely divided on getting this plant everything it's asking for, but you know that there was a good reason this plant was put into a vault for some reason. But as you kind of step out with the plant, you can loudly declare. Found a plant. To which Nima kind of just... Lovely. 
Does it do anything? It burns well. Well, <laughs> it inputted the fact in my mind that it needed water. Hmm. Ah, uh, I guess we could just take it with us. For now, yes, I will keep it with me, but I'm going to hold off on giving it water just in case it's malicious in intent. Mm, sounds good. <laughs> I'm recording this in a cafe while I'm producing the episode, so, appropriately, today's sponsor is coffee. Drink them beans. And listeners like you. And now, back to the episode. Meanwhile, back to the combat that just started. Yep. <laughs> this could have gone so well for you. You could have just taken the two things and left, but... Now I'm going to have to make you leave. Ah! <laughs> Not if I make you leave first. So, he almost seems to stand back for a second and shifts posture. The, the hand that was entirely red before is now seeming to glow a deep crimson, and the Moraria switched to his other hand, where he's just holding it along with the other object. Oh, trust me, I'll be leaving here. And if there's anything, I think there's going to be a fourth body found today. As he takes a swipe at you. Uh, what's your AC? Uh, my AC is 18. Alright. Uh, he, he, however, he hits. Okay, cool. Sm <laughs> smacking into you. Uh, you feel a surge of pain from your shoulder as he collides with it really quickly. Uh, you're taking five necrotic, actually. Ooh. That was a low roll for him. Good lord. Oh, I, no, no, I'm, it's not... Uh, I, I rolled a 16, and then it's plus six. Mm -hmm. So that is a 22, mm -hmm. and then plus three is 25, and then plus charisma is 28. Oh, yes. <laughs> you you are hitting the ever-living crap out of this thing. And what am I rolling for damage? So... You will be rolling 2d6 and uh, 2d4 pandy. Alright, so that is 4 for the d4s mm -hmm. and 9 for the d6s. So he is taking 9 slashing damage uh, and he is taking 4, you said. He's taking 4 radiant damage. And, and am I adding my uh, ability modifier to the damage? Uh, not to this, no. Okay. But you are going to be getting back uh, 4 hit points. Oof. That no there. Yeah, that's what a sort of war and peace will do to you. Mm -hmm. And uh, you kind of feel the same surge before that you've gained mana, but not as much as the first time. Which for the first time you can you can add two temporary uh, points of mana to your mana pool. Uh, any any comments you want to make to him on this? You know, in all the, in the middle of all this, I don't think I got your name. I don't think you get that privilege. As he takes another swing at you, then this you time. get my sword, slashy slash. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and misses this swipe, but he kind of he kind of changes his stance for a second, uh, almost looking like he's prepared to counter. All right, Lulin, observing this shift in his stance, is going to um, take two steps back and shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, 
roll the yeah. hit. Um, dice. Thirteen. You barely miss as you shoot very slightly to the side. You catch his coat, though, uh, and the look of surprise on his face as you shoot what is very clearly gunpowder makes him murmur for a second. Where the f- did you get that? Now I'm gonna attack him with my sword. <laughs> Go right for it. So that is a 18 mm-hmm. plus three. Uh huh. Plus three. Yes. I think. I'm, Do you think that hits? <laughs> that that is gonna hit. But he's got one trick up his sleeve. So let's see if he can actually pull this off. As you swing this sword, he rather openly kind of shows himself like, oh no, hit me, please do. And as you swing down, his hand catches the blade, its deep crimson color glowing for a moment before your own hand feels a slight pain and almost is on instinct releases your grip from the blade. Does he, is he still taking damage from this? Oh, he is certainly taking damage from this. Three on the d4s. Uh-huh. Eight on the d6s. All right. And I let go of the sword. Yes. Uh, so you don't get the healing back, okay. uh, nor do you get the, the feeling of mana being surged, but you've certainly hurt him. And you can hear in his voice, Ah, that's it. Didn't want, not what I came for, but I'll take it anyway. No, I want it back. <laughs> All right. Uh, he, he actually attempts to kick you. So you can do a really quick uh, dexterity saving throw. Fourteen. No, no, wait, never mind. I rolled an eight, not a six. Oh. <laughs> he gives a kick into you, and although he's successful in pushing you back, he doesn't do his original intent of trying to kick you over. Uh, sorry, but it looks like I'm going to be taking my leave now. Uh, I'm going to tackle him. Um, actually, I'm going to attack him mm-hmm. and use a swashbuckling maneuver. All right. Uh, so I will be burning one point and disarm him. He is going to need to make a strength saving throw. Okay. The save is 15. DC 15. All right. So you managed to knock the sword that he had previously snatched out of your hand out of your hand, but he maintains a firm grip on the Marari. And with kind of a little bit of a yelp and some muttered cursing, you start to see something that's almost a little bit too familiar as his body seems to slowly start to fade again. You'll get another attack on this one. All right. Picking up that sword. And... Critical success! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. (laughs) That is a lot of damage. I think this hits. This most certainly hits. So, 4d6 and 4d4? Yes. All right, let's start with the d6s. Uh, Sorry, 14. Mm Mm-hmm. D4, uh, five, and three. Oh, dear God. You just murdered this random person. He's, he's, he's not dead, but he is hurting. Fourteen and eight. <laughs> he is most certainly hurting. Ah! As you swing through him with this feeling of superiority, his body's not yet entirely intangible, and you manage to land a deep cut in him and more precisely cut off a portion of his coat along with a large metal gauntlet that looks mechanical in nature, falling to the ground. You can f*** right off as the last whispers of him start to disappear. You did it first. <laughs> he can't hear you. No, I, I don't, I know. 
for you. <laughs> Almost picture like Archer, like shit. I had something for this. <laughs> <laughs> As you've kind of calmed yourself now, the feeling in the hand that you're holding this sword with seems almost a little bit numb, but it's still... You're, you're not quite sure what to call it, but there's there's something different for the moment. On the ground beneath you is the chain sort of blanket that you had earlier, that he was holding earlier, mm-hmm. along with a large scrap of his coat and a mechanical kind of looking claw that you managed to slice off of him. Um, Lulin's going to spread the chain out. Mm-hmm. How big is it? At first, it seemed kind of small, maybe about the size of a handkerchief, but as you try to spread it more, it just seems to get bigger. And bigger. Then uh, he's going to spread it wide enough that he can fit all the various stuff onto it. As mm-hmm. as you set different objects, are, are you going to set the sword down? No, he's going to sheath that motherfucker. As you pick up this thing with a chain, suddenly it goes very limp, as it looks like you're just carrying the chain itself. That's about back to the size of a handkerchief. Uh, he's gonna just quickly double check, open, As you open pull the it, chain back up and flip it. Everything <laughs> falls. Out. Okay, cool. All right. All right. <laughs> so you are taking the crown, the sword, the mask, and you have the uh, the chain cloth itself. Right? Yep. Are you taking anything else that's like? What else around? is in the room? Sitting around the room are a variety of pedestals. Uh, some of them just look like old important artifacts to the Orzov, but there are a couple of individual things. He's not going to steal like the specifically Orzov stuff, unless they look like... There are little placards. Uh, oh, the descriptions of everything? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a... <laughs> you, you see a good number of interesting things around you. Give your time to peruse. You're carrying your small chain hanky uh, in the one hand, almost passively just touching the Sword of War and Peace. Again, you know, making sure it's still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do come across something that seems to be interesting. A couple of very old ruins, almost, in the shape of uh, a circle. The text underneath of it just reads, Fragment of the Guild Pack. And from what you were able to overhear, uh, just in general, in the city of Ravnica, the Guild Pack was something very powerful that bound ten rival guilds together. In the hanky it goes. <laughs> so, uh, you also notice a large tome and it reads uh, the Death Pact book. It, well, I know somebody who's probably gonna love the hell out of a Death Pact book. Who could that be? Ooh, I wonder. Into the hanky it goes. <laughs> you, you do find one other thing uh, of interest. The rest of it just seems to be important relics or things that would be... Something specific, like historical monuments to the Orzov rather than... Yeah. Okay. Uh, one of them in particular... Uh, seems almost entirely out of place here. It's not what you would expect to see down on an Orzov fault. It is a small folded parchment. Faded stamp sits on the one side. Doesn't look like an Orzov symbol at all. You, as you look at this stamp, recognize something. It is the symbol of Sultus. That's... That's very wrong. That should not be here. I just know this stuff should... What are you talking about? I'm in the hanky. In the hanky? <laughs> what does it what does it look like? Because this is, is a god is from a, my world, so it is gonna be a big a deal. Thick folded parchment. The stamp is on the corner of it. And as you kind of unfold, it's a lot of text written down there. A lot of it's thinly written, almost looking fanatical. Some of it near the end haphazardly and a little bit sloppy. You don't really get that good a look in here. Well, I've got my hanky. Um my my handkerchief of holding. 
So as you step outside, uh, Nemok looks at you. I'm beaming. Like, we didn't get what we came for, but I am very happy with how this turned out. <laughs> Alright, so as you as you step out, uh, Nemok turns. Uh, he's very dissatisfied. Like, the, the Bee Gees should be playing in the background as I step through the night. You get down by the way I use my rock. <laughs> Alright, uh, Cecilia, really quick, just roll a d20. D20! Well, it was going to be 20, and then it went to an 8. <laughs> <laughs> Still better. You beat the shit out of Nemok at Gwen. Yay! Yay! I steal your life. He, he must be horrible at Gwen. He's terrible at Gwen. Right? Aww. He can't read people. All right, moving on. As you step out, beaming with your successful raid, uh, Nemok turns to, well, did you find... Where was that? As he gestures down to the Sword of War and Peace. Where was that? In Sword. In here. All of these years. It's been in here. <laughs> that and uh, he... Uh takes the chain blanket and kind of opens it up to not dump everything out, but kind of like... Display it? Yeah. Dear God. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I want you very calmly. I can understand it's it's rather powerful in you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I take it from the look of it that you've gotten to, to use it on something or someone, but... Whatever people were looking for in there, there's another planeswalker in there. What? Yeah, another what guy, uh, red hand, got a piece of his cloak in here and did, holds up his the, the deep blue fabric. He took the Marari. He took what? Yeah, it's the only piece I wasn't able to recover. <sighs> Why didn't you ask for help? Dax. Oh, I, oh yeah, he said to call you um, Tenois. <laughs> ten... ten <laughs> And that I should see your tenois. <laughs> I... It's been a very long time. But I think I finally might need to kill someone. Whoa. Well, I was pretty close. With the sword, I assume, right? Oh, yeah. Be careful. When we get back, we're putting that in the vault. There is a reason it's not used anymore. Didn't you say your vault wasn't all that secure, and that's why you put everything here on... I thought it would not be as secure. If he was here, it means that he clearly found out. He must have been the one that tipped off the Boros. Would explain why the Ozov got their hands on it. Because he knew it would be easy pickings in this place. Damn it! Why didn't I think through this? And for the first time in a while, you see that a couple of the... the Almost the goggles themselves seem to twirl and twist to a red, deep red color. <sighs> Alright. Tasks changed. You'll still be paid. Paid double. Cool. <laughs> We've got to find this guy. I don't have any idea where he could have gone, and especially in here I wouldn't be able to trace this planeswalker. But I know somewhere else that might be able to. No, he's, he's going away, and we're going to have a hard time following him, because of the anti-magic field, we won't be able to observe the path that he took out of here as well. We could still search, but... I mean, I took some clothes off him, I took the gauntlet from him, and could we use these to find him? Ah, uh, not particularly, although he'll rather be upset about this gauntlet. From the looks of it, it's fine Kaladesh work. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> kind of hands it over to Ishaya and... It is very fine work. This must have cost a fortune to have made. Like, this this was not just some dwarf. This was a combination of a dwarf and a lifecrafter working together to make this thing. 
put it on. How does that make you feel? It, you can't really put it on. Aww. Instead, there's the inner parts of it seem to almost be like tendons and bones, but made of metal and what looks like very thinly drawn beams of what look almost like fluidic aether. Whatever, whoever made it was a master of their craft, and it must have cost a small fortune to get made. Gotcha. It makes sense that it would be able to move on its own. Are there any buttons on it? There are no real buttons that you can see, but there is a very clear mark where it was severed from the rest of whatever the mechanism was. Gotcha. By something that was both very hot and, at the same time, very sharp. (sighs) Alright, so, uh, we should regroup for now, and we have a couple of things to tuck away. These were all in the vault, and he gestures to some of the objects. There's a bit more. Um, I've got uh, this crown, sort of worn piece, the mask, uh, what I'm calling the, the hanky of holding, uh, something entitled uh, Fragment of the Guild Pact. Um, what? Yeah. Oh, this I grabbed, and he, he holds up the book for Cecilia. It's called a Death Pact book. Ooh. Yeah, I figured you'd be all about that. Interesting. <laughs> yes, I'll happily um, procure that if you would yeah. mind. Interesting. And uh, this... Cecilia, would you mind if I got a chance to look at it later? I may not know what it does, but I'm interested just the same. Yes, that's fine. As long as you don't put it in one of your orbs and keep it forever, I'm fine with that. No, I wouldn't put this in an orb. It would go on its own pedestal. But it's yours if he's handing it to you. And this particularly grabbed my attention, and he holds up the piece of parchment. This is from my world. Your world? Are you sure? That's unlikely. It's basically cut off from every other... This is one of ours. We'll have plenty of time to look at it once we get back. For the moment, I have a feeling that we may not be alone soon enough. And he kind of gestures towards uh, the rest of this grand entranceway and the catwalks. Yeah, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> Agreed. And as almost as if on cue, everyone, you can roll perception if you'd like. 18. 16. 12. Just, just from some of these. There are a couple... 13. Of... 13. All right. <laughs> So everyone seems to notice that there are a couple of figures, it looks like, coming in from the other side of the room now. Uh, They're a little bit too far to make out what or who they are, but one of them is floating. And Nemok just kind of goes, yes, uh, time to leave. Starts grabbing objects off the ground uh, as things get folded up into the hanky of holding again. And you can very clearly see him almost begin to plan Zwak before him. No, no. I'll go last. Everyone, just let's get out oh, of here. Uh, Mulan tries to Do we have to roll? Alright, let's do it. I'm gonna try to planeswalk. Alright, you... Wait, anywhere in particular? I've never actively done this before. If you just try to, you'll get, like, sucked into the If you'll, if you'll try to, you'll kind of get pulled away by the trap itself, so... Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. You, okay. You've done Bye. this... Bye! So as everyone kind of starts to focus for a while, putting the thought of the guards, perhaps, uh, out of your mind, uh, you start to fade and break down, and this feeling that some of you are familiar with, that some of you are becoming more familiar with, feels, and you kind of let go of your existence on this plane, before drifting and then suddenly being snatched up again. Uh, Almost like the first time. And you, as you open up your eyes uh, again, you find yourself in the same room that you had woken up the first time in. Only this time, there are very clearly 
A good number of signs, each <laughs> screaming, don't panic. And everyone... Are the signs literally screaming, don't panic? <laughs> they are in big, bold letters, don't panic. Okay, and so that... they're not actually screaming at us. No, no. But don't you... panic! Everyone... The signs says panic! <laughs> everyone is kind of sitting on their own... Very oversized couches. Oh, he listened almost to it. <laughs> almost entirely covered with far too many throw pillows. You ever been to, like, Grandma's house <laughs> during the holiday? Yeah, that many throw pillows. Too okay. many throw pillows. And there are a good deal of other small furnishings and comforts. And there's what appears to be a small coffee table in the middle with fresh coffee that seems to be sitting in cups that have been there a while but are somehow still hot. Nymphia Aww. is all about that coffee. Nymphia. Nemoc finally appears behind uh, all of you uh, in the doorway itself, going, Alright, we're safe for now. We've got a lot of work ahead of us. And I think that's what we're going to call it. Thank you, all of you who took the time to listen, for joining us at Plane Shift. Our intro and outro was Perpetuum Mobile, by the Penguin Cafe Orchestra. Thank you to CD Projekt Red and to Nintendo for their generous licenses in the use of their material for small, not-for-profit works. Thank you to Wizards of the Coast for all their hard work in producing Dungeons and & Dragons and Magic the Gathering. And thank you again to all of you out there listening. Until our paths cross again. All right. Uh, it could be golem, but it could be gold's yum. <laughs> what I, I don't think they've invested in edible gold. Gold's yum. <laughs> Alright, so. Uh, you finally get a very satisfying feeling before mm. you turn to... Uh, <laughs> before you turn to uh, Nymphia and say, I have a very satisfying feeling. <laughs> About the lock. I'm satisfied. Dun, dun, <laughs> dun, dun, <laughs> it's not mine, I swear. Oh my god. Alright. As you open this iron gate, you're filled with a sense of awe standing awe. before you. Oh my god, shut up. <laughs> with the awe. You already did the joke. You already on. did the joke. <laughs> <laughs> no more mead for you. Okay? Yes. You're getting coffee. Mead? That's just normal. One of the pedestals yeah, has a coffee pot. That's just Will. <laughs> I'm gonna fight you. <laughs>